Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash BrainsOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Buckled in the backseat, near and far, it's a Brains On road trip in the car. I'm Gabriella Hopper. And I'm Molly Bloom. This is our road trip series, and we're about to take a pit stop. Feels good to stretch after all that driving. I think my foot is asleep. I think both my feet are asleep. Is that even possible? And I'm covered in crumbs. Snacking on the road is messy business. Hold that thought. And instead, check out that view. Isn't it itastic? Itastic? I don't think that's a word. Fantastic for the eye. Itastic. It's totally a word. Okay then. But yeah, it's like we're on top of the world up here. Echo! 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 Reflective sound waves! Sound waves! Sound waves! waves. Glad you pulled over, Molly. This is worth the stop. (sighs) Should we motor on? Yeah. Let me just dig the keys out of my pocket and... Hold on. Where are the keys? Your pocket, right? Wrong. Oh, no. See them through the window. They're still in the car. We're locked out? I don't want to be stranded here. Until it's getting really dark. Suddenly I'm starving and so thirsty. (coughs) I'm not going to make it. Okay, hold on. I think Sandin lives in that valley below and he has a spare key. Don't panic. Bollinator, what's up? How's the drive going? Oh, awesome. Until I left the keys in the car and locked us out. Can you bring us the spare? We're on that mountain road with the awesome view. Oh, I know the one. It's totally itastic. Where do you guys pick up these words? Actually, I'm really glad you called. Bob's over at my place, and he insisted on showing me his used popsicle stick collection. Should we look at the cherry-stained ones next? Or grape? (laughs) Ew. Tell me about it. Anyway, hold tight. We'll be right there in a bit. All right, bye. Put away your gross sticks, Bob. We're going to save Molly and Gabriella. Hit it, theme song. You think my popsicle sticks are gross? These mountain roads sure are windy. Yeah, they're fun to drive. Hey, check this out. Swoosh. Oh, boy. Um... I'm not feeling great. Oh, sorry. I'll I'll slow down. You get car sick, Bob? I get everything sick. Car sick, seasick, rocking chair sick. It's been a rough life. Yikes. But that reminds me, I I think we got a question about this recently. Can you fire up my voicemail? Sure. Hi, my name is John. 
and I live in Littleton, Colorado. I want to know why we feel sick if we read or look at pictures in the car. Thank you. Hi, Brainson. I'm Adam from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. My question is, why do the passengers get car sick but not the driver? Yeah, why do some people get car sick? Oh, I can answer this one. I studied this for our roller coaster episode. It has to do with your eyes, your ears, and your body. My ears? I don't see how they're involved. Well, technically, it has to do with something called the vestibular system. It's this series of tiny tubes in your inner ear. These tubes are filled with a liquid that sloshes around when you move. There are also microscopic hairs lining these tubes, and when that liquid sloshes, it bends these hairs, which in turn sends a signal to your brain telling you, hey, we're moving. Huh. I thought the only thing in my ears was earwax. But that's only one way your brain knows you're moving. You also rely on your eyes, which can tell you if the things around you are standing still or if they're whizzing by. And your body, it plays a role too by letting you know if it's sensing movement. I'm certainly sensing these hairpin turns. Oh, Oh, sorry, dude. Part of what's going on is that your three systems, your eyes, your ears, and your body, they're kind of getting out of sync with each other. So your inner ears, they're sloshing with all these twists and turns, and your body is sensing some of that movement from the road, but your eyes, they might be looking at the dashboard or the radio and thinking, hey, everything around me is staying still, so I'm not moving. And that's kind of confusing for your body. That's kind of also why it's not a good idea to read or watch videos in the car if if you're already feeling kind of queasy. I should try staring at the scenery passing by instead. Hey, eyes, look, we are moving. But that can be a problem too, Bob. Sorry. You see, sometimes you can see that you're moving by, you know, looking out the window, seeing the scenery go by. But what if the road is smooth and straight, kind of like it just started to be right now? Your body and your inner ear, they can't really sense that movement. Now, they think you're sitting still, but your eyes, they're tracking all the scenery going by, so, again, things might get kind of out of sync. Oh, great. I'm getting even sicker. Uh... Some people are more prone to this than others. Basically, whenever your different systems are out of whack, though, your stomach gets unhappy. And this is kind of cool. Get this. Some researchers think that that queasy... Uh... Nauseous, stomach churning feeling is your brain reacting as if it were poisoned. See, before cars, if our various systems were out of sync, it was usually because we ate something bad that threw our body for a loop. So, some researchers think you get nauseous when you're car sick because your brain thinks it needs to throw up some poison. Isn't that an interesting idea, Bob? Bob? Would you mind pulling over? My body, ears, and eyes are fighting. I I don't feel so good. You're listening to Brains On. I'm Gabriella Hopper. And I'm Molly Bloom. Say, while we're stuck here, Gabriella, want to make some announcements? Why not? Nothing else to do. This is part five in the Brains on Road Trip series. Check out past episodes for the science of engines, monster trucks, and more. And if you like Brains on, why not tell a friend about the show? We love it when you help spread the word. And don't forget to send us your pick for our next debate. Which do you think is cooler, deep sea or outer space? And why? Send your best arguments to hello at brainson.org. 
and stay tuned to the end for the honor roll. Gwen will give a shout out to all the kids who fuel our show with drawings, questions, and mystery sounds. Speaking of which, I have a surprise. I didn't lock the mystery sound in the car. Here it is. Any guesses? Actually, I think you know how when you put your penny in and then you crank the thing and then the the smushed penny comes out? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Do so you think it's the penny smusher machine? Yeah, because I, I, I know the cranking sound. Okay. Let's hear it one more time before we find out the answer. Here's the answer. I'm Neil Magentic from Park Ridge, Illinois. That was the sound of me releasing my seatbelt slowly in the car. So there was cranking, but it was connected to a seatbelt. Oh, wow. That was a really loud seatbelt. I, I thought for sure I had that. I know. you were. It, it was a good guess. It was definitely a good guess. <laughs> I want to know what kind of seatbelt that was. Yeah. Let's find out. <laughs> it's a penny smusher seatbelt. Okay, so that passed a little time, but where's Shannon and Bob? I don't know, but they better get here soon. Even this amazing view is starting to bore me. Feeling better, Bob? Oh, yes, much better. (laughs) Thanks for letting me drive. No problem. You know, for some reason, being in control of the vehicle seems to reduce motion sickness. From what I've read, scientists are still trying to figure out why exactly that is, but lucky for you, it worked. Plus, these roads are fun. <laughs> Wee! Hey, Bob, do you mind if I check a few more messages? Oh, be my guest. Hi, Brain John. I'm Theron from Tulsa, Oklahoma. My question is, when you are riding in a car, a car that's far away looks like it's going slow. But when it drives past you, it looks like it's going really fast. Why do your eyes see it like that? Huh, I never thought about that. It's true. Look at that car down in the valley below us. It, it looks like it's just crawling along, but, but I bet it's going 60 miles an hour. Hey, I know a guy who could totally answer this one. He's a neuroscientist at the University of Southern California. Hey, Irving Biederman here. Hey, Irving. I was hoping you could help us with a question. Why do cars far away look like they're going slow, but cars near you look like they're just zipping by? Good question. The further away something is, the smaller, it's called visual angle. So if you hold out your thumb at arm's length, it will cover about one one hundred eightieth of your visual field, your horizontal visual field. Going from left to right, there are about 180 degrees. And your thumb at arm's length is about one degree of that. All right, doing that now. My thumb blocks just a tiny bit of what I see. So if you're holding out your thumb and and you're in a room and you look at an opposite wall, your thumb may cover about one foot. But if you look at, let's say, a car that's five miles away, your thumb may cover, oh, it's possibly a half mile or three quarters of a mile. Yeah, if I look far away, I can block out that whole farm in the distance with just my thumb. So your thumb will be covering, let's say, a half mile distance. So it may take, oh, 15, 20 seconds for the car to move through that width of your thumb. 
But if it's right close to you, the car, let's say it's 10 feet away, moving at the same speed, let's say 30 miles an hour, it will cover your thumb's distance in maybe a tenth of a second. Huh, that's interesting. So psychologically, the speed of something is not in terms of its actual velocity, but how much of the visual angle a object covers in a given length of time. So that's why things that are far away uh, seem to move slower than things uh, that are up close. So that explains why a plane high above seems to be moving slow, even though it's actually flying way faster than a car. It's taking longer to move through your field of vision. I get it. Oh, and, and so you're sort of tricked into thinking it's moving slower. And that's why things nearby, they take up a lot of your field of vision, so it's easy for them to pass right through, making you think they're going fast. You kind of perceive them as fast. That's exactly it. That's actually the core concept. It's not the absolute length or distance that something uh, travels in terms of ground truth. It's how much of our visual field does an object uh, 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 cover in a given amount of time. Very cool. Well, thanks for breaking it down, Irving. Have a good one. Well, it's been great talking to you. Have a good day. And remember, drive safely. Will do. Oh, check it out. Another message just came in. Hi, Brian John. My name is Clyde, and I'm from Irvine, California. And my question is, why do roller coasters feel faster than cars? Do you have someone you can call about that one, too? Uh, yeah, of course. You don't have a physics professor saved on your phone? <laughs> Who do you call when you have a physics emergency in the middle of the night? You think I'm weird. Hello, this is Michael Denon. Uh, what's up? Yo, Michael! He teaches physics and astronomy at the University of California, Irvine, Bob. Hey, I had another physics emergency I thought you could help with. Why do roller coasters feel faster than cars? I mean, you're going fast in both cases, so what gives? So the bottom line is what we feel most often as speed is actually acceleration. Acceleration, okay, that's the sense of speeding up, right? Or is there more to it? In physics, we use acceleration for any change, right? In normal discussion, people use acceleration and deceleration usually just for speeding up and slowing down. We usually don't use the word when we turn. We say we're turning, not we're accelerating. You know, you don't say accelerate left here, you say turn left here. But in physics, we use acceleration for any change in either our speed or our direction. And that's what roller coasters take a lot of advantage of. Okay, so if we change directions, we call that an acceleration. Got it. So when you're in your car doing 60, 70, even 80 miles an hour, the only accelerations you're feeling are the little bumps in the road. So if you're on a smooth road going at constant speed, you don't really feel anything. Hey, that's like how when we were driving on smooth roads before, my body didn't realize we were moving. It felt to me like I was sitting still because we weren't accelerating. Yep, roller coasters are designed to make you feel accelerations. They have sharp turns, they have loops, um, they go up and down. Any change in our direction of motion is a change in our velocity, and that's what an acceleration is, and that's what our body is designed to detect. So that's really the fundamental difference between the roller coaster experience and the driving in the car. Huh, so it has to do with the twists and turns of a coaster. So the car probably feels more like a roller coaster when we change direction a lot or go up and down hills, like, when we were on that windy road back there and Bob got kind of sick. He doesn't need to know about that. 
Okay, so it has to do with how often we accelerate. So if the car is going straight and at a steady speed for a long time, our bodies will just kind of get used to that and think they're sitting still. Yeah, that's right. The other slight one, of course, is that there's usually wind in a roller coaster. And wind is another form of acceleration. As you're, Even if you're moving at a constant speed through the air, every time you hit new air, you're speeding it up and it's hitting your body and speeding up. So if you're in a convertible, it'll feel a little bit more like a roller coaster if you get a little more wind in your face. Hey, so while we've got you, I was wondering, can you explain how seatbelts keep you from getting hurt when a car stops suddenly? Um, without a seatbelt, you, you, you generally would fly forward and hit something hard like the dashboard or the windshield or something and stop very suddenly and would feel a greater force. Right, because of inertia. Yes, it's very much connected to inertia because inertia is the physics concept that basically says an object in motion stays in motion unless the force acts on it, or an object at rest stays at rest unless the force acts on it. Whoa, you knew that, Bob? Good on you. Inertia is why I always buckle up. So once the car stops, if you were not wearing any seatbelt, the immediate thing is for you to stay in motion. And then what you're going to do is you will eventually stop, usually by hitting something hard, whether it's the dashboard or going through the windshield and hitting the ground. What the seatbelt does is it provides some control over how your motion changes. When the car stops, instead of you just continuing to move and fly forward, the seatbelt keeps you in the seat, the seat has a cushion to it, and your whole ability to stop is in a much more controlled way. Cool stuff. Hey, I think we're pulling up to our destination, so we gotta go. But thanks again, Michael Denon. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Sandin! Bob, you made it! Thank goodness. I was about to start eating pine cones for sustenance. Never fear, we are here. Wow, this view is eye-tastic. You know what? I am so glad to see you. I'm going to let that slide. Now, where's the spare key? It's right. Uh, oh man, Molly, you're not going to believe this, but... You don't have it? I was just so excited to get away from Bob's popsicle stick collection that... You came all this way without the key? Uh, you guys... We're doomed! I know it! Hold on, hold on, I can I can drive back! Um, <clears throat> hey? Hope you've got room, because you're taking all of us. We are not waiting on this mountain one minute longer. But my back seat is full of junk. I, I mean, I can't just, what, just leave that on the side of the road? I don't know uh, where I'm going to put it. Can did you, put it there and... you try the back door? Sometimes those get left open. <gasps> Look! Wait, that door was unlocked? The whole time? Well, yeah. I guess. Bob, your keen perception saved the day. Way to go, pal. I saved the day? High five up top, Bob. You're my hero. I am? Ha! I'm the hero, Super Bob! Way to go, Bob. I am ready to wrap this road trip up. Gabriella, let's jam. Finally. See you guys back at Brains on Headquarters. Don't you think a hero deserves a reward? We could stop for popsicles on the way home. I've been meaning to add a watermelon stick to my collection. You know what, Bob? Let's do it. Let's get some popsicles. My treat. You can even have my stick when I'm done with it. Okay. Uh, Then you have to get mango if they have it. 
<laughs> Yippee! People get carsick when their eyes and their inner ears get mixed signals about how they're moving. Roller coasters feel faster than cars because they quickly change speed and direction. Cars in the distance look like they are going slowly because they have to cross a greater distance to pass through your field of vision. Cars up close only have to travel a little ways to do that. And now we're going to travel a significant distance all around the world as we read the most recent group to be added to the Brains Honor Roll. Will from Boise, Kiara from Austin, Texas, Layla from Abington, Pennsylvania, Jacob, Daniel, and Lucy from Seattle, Ruby, Kate, and Asher from Maui, Willa from Cape Elizabeth, Maine, Sachi from Sunnyvale, California, Katie from Alloway, New Jersey, Eden and Hazel from Carleton, Minnesota, Marina from Evanston, Illinois, Isaac and Maisie from Eagle Rock, California, Jack and Ben from Cincinnati, Amelia from Nashville, Hudson from Acton, Massachusetts, Zeb from Juneau, Alaska, William from Sterlington, Louisiana, Benjamin and Max from New York, Gunnar and Josie from Littleton, Massachusetts, Henry from Chicago, Josiah from Mountain View, California, Jonan and Margot from Richmond, California, Desmond from Bristow, Virginia, Alexia, Jadarius, and Ladarius from the Virgin Islands, Indigo from Seattle, Santiago and Sophia from Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, Megan and Rebecca from Oren Moore, Ireland, Suha and Anya from Pakistan, Jack from Uster, Switzerland, Greta from Wheat Ridge, Colorado, Lila from Oakland, California, Declan and Jameis from Columbia, Connecticut, Jackson from Buffalo, New York, Ursula from Seattle, Emery from South Portland, Maine, CJ from New Haven, Connecticut, Juliana from Hayes, Kansas, Kai and Khalil from Oakland Park, Florida, Flynn and Wyatt from Bristol, Rhode Island, Irie from Bellingham, Washington, Aaliyah from Philadelphia, and Grayson from Kamano Island, Washington. That's it for this episode of Brains On and our road trip. We had engineering help this week from Corey Schreppel, Roger Smith, and Johnny Vince Evans. And a massive, huge thanks to Eric Ringham and Carolyn Hopper. If you're a fan of Brains On, it would mean a lot to us if you took a minute to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps other kids and parents find out about the show. Thanks for coming along on this road trip with us, and... Thanks for listening! <laughs>